that was for you guys, per fucking usual people. Welcome back to another episode of A Living Contradiction with me, Evelise. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I have been singing a lot. <laughs> um, and I... I'm I'm not good at it, but I do like singing. So, you know, like when I'm home alone, I just bust out a tune or whatever, you know, some Ariana Grandeurs. And um yeah, I whenever I'm home and I have online classes, usually in between those in between those breaks of my classes, I'll just, you know, sing while getting a snack or sing while taking a shit or um you know, sing while even copying down notes, whatever it is, I, I, I've just been singing. Um, and, uh, yeah. And there's been a couple of instances where I was singing so much, I was like, wait, you know, like, this is, like, like I've been singing a lot, so maybe my voice is getting practice, so maybe it sounds, like, good, you know? Um, you, you know, when, when you think like your singing voice sounds good or decent, um, so, so I, uh, I, I, I tried to do like a little instrumental, you know how on iMovie you could take the audio of a video and put it in your video? So that's what I did. I took the instrumental of a, of a song. I forgot which song it was. I think it was like a Frank Sinatra song because at the moment I was listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra. Um, why did I think my voice could ever be in the same category as Sinatra's? I have no fucking idea, but hey, we rolled with it. And uh, uh, <laughs> so so I played, I played the song on iMovie or the instrumental, and then I also did the the voiceover of me singing. <laughs> um, yes, yes, of me singing, yes. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that I didn't do so well. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's it. And then, you know, a few weeks later, you know, I, I kept on singing. Like, I wasn't singing in front of people, but I was singing to myself. So I was like, hey, let's try this again. Like, maybe my voice has had some more practice. No, still sounds the same. Still very, like, not in tune. Um, You know, I understand some people have those voices where it's like, Oh, like, it's not your typical Mariah Carey or Beyonce, but it's it's something to listen to. Like, Billie Eilish, right? When I first started listening to her music, um, she gave me, like, this very, like, uh, is monotone a word? Like, m- monotone, like, something very low, kind of whispery, calming, like, almost kind of, like, your mother putting you to sleep with a lullaby type of thing. Um, so that's what I got from her voice, right? But I still liked it because even though it wasn't your traditional singing voice, it was still like satisfying to hear, right? And then, you know, there, there's other people too, like, um, like 
uh, Tate uh, McRae. I don't listen to her song. I mean, to her song, to her songs um, often. But if she's on the radio, like, I'll listen to her. But I like her voice because it, like how I said, it's not traditional. Like, it has, like, like, uh, there's a uniqueness to it. It's not like Billie Eilish. It's not like quiet, soothing. It's more kind of like, like, you know, like not that outlandish, but she has the like, you know, (laughs) that was really fucking bad. By the way, that is not my singing voice. But, hey, it could be, it could be, it could be. But, yeah, as I was saying, she has, like, a uniqueness to her voice. There's a lot of singers out there that do very well in the music industry and don't have traditional, soulful, like, very deep diaphragm vocals, right? But they still make hits. So that's pretty cool. So so in the moment, I thought, you know what? Like, if they can do it, I can do it too. You know, like, you know, like, I may not have the traditional Whitney Houston type of voice, but, you know, like, like, shit, I, I can do it. I, I can make, I can make my own thing. Like, you know, um, no, but yeah, it, it's just not happening. It's just not in the cards for me. Singing is something that I've always wanted to get into, but I don't think it would go beyond singing in the shower. Singing in the shower. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I really don't think it would. Because to be very honest, um, like when I'm singing, I think I sound good. And then I record myself and I'm like, that is not how I sounded. <laughs> like it, it, it sounds like two different people. So I'm just like, damn. So fuck that then. I'll stick to my other passions. Singing is, sing, uh, singing, singers, and songs, something that I really enjoy listening to. Speaking of listening to songs and also like very soulful artists, I've found that I get emotional to music more lately. When I was younger, I didn't really have much life experience, so whenever I would listen to a song, it would be very surface level emotions connected to it. Um, But as I got older and experienced trauma, hashtag trauma, um, I, I, I feel the lyrics more and it feels... Uh, like, it, it, it sounds almost poetic. And, you know, I, I don't mean the typical, like, fuck bitches get money type of, like, no. Like, that that's not poetic to me. Like, I'll listen to, I'll, I'll listen to songs like that, but it's, re- it's really like a temporary thing. And it's usually only for the background or, like, the beat of it. Like, baby right? He makes, he makes, like, okay, the lyrics behind his songs... They're eh, but it's the music, the, um, I don't know how to, I, I don't know what's the word for it, but I guess the instrumental of it, I like it. Like the hip hop beat, 
Um, yeah, like just the instrumental in general. I like that. That's what gets it going. But when I listen to, for an example, Frank Sinatra, if I listen to Nessa Barrett or Maggie Lindemann, um, let's see, Arctic Monkeys, I cannot even explain the fucking love that I have for Arctic Monkeys. I, or even um, Olivia Rodrigo, she's a great lyricist, Dua Lipa is a really great lyricist, like I feel like when you make a song, when you, when you kind of like make a song into a very motivational conversation or actually vice versa, when you turn a conversation or even a thought or even like a, like a thought process or an experience into a song, it's almost like you're communicating with people, you know, but like you're not communicating as in talking, you're communicating as in singing and it's like, it, it's so crazy to me, you know, like, um, that, that, that you're able to communicate your thoughts and feelings to another person through music, you know, because I could literally, I could talk to my sister, I could talk to my boyfriend, I could talk to my dad and say, hey, I feel sad right now, but Taylor Swift, like, she'll write a whole song about that of the feeling of sadness and you get it it's like you know like yes I understand and it's crazy too because people like singers songwriters they just they know how to speak to your heart and soul sometimes if if they're good they know how to portray every single like okay let me paint a picture you're out on a date with someone you know you're not just on a date with someone in that song you're not just on a date with someone you're not like la 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 we're on a date la 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 she's very pretty la 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 we're gonna kiss you know like it's not like that it's it's like an author writing their book they pick apart, pick apart. That was very, that was a he- very heavy P, very heavy double P. Um, they pick apart each and every single little description or each and every single object or anything, any anything that's there. They pick it apart and they they address it. And this is something that I did for, um, something that I had to do for an assignment for my music class. And I actually found it very fun because I was able to listen to music while doing it. And also because I chose the band Arctic Monkeys because they're, I think they're my favorite, to be honest, probably my favorite right now. I'm not sure if it'll last, but right now they really hold a huge place in my heart, in my chest, in my body my core um but yeah I really had to look up the lyrics and actually kind of interpret and yeah like interpret what what each and every single word was saying what each and every single line was trying to get to and the crazy thing is I actually we're we're actually going to do that 
we're going to go into one of the songs of Arctic Monkeys and we're going to break it down. And I'm going to show you guys how poetic these motherfuckers are and how much they speak to your soul. Um, if you've never even listened to Arctic Monkeys, do yourself a favor and go listen to their fucking albums. Like, you know, like what is wrong with you, first of all? Um, my favorite at the moment is Arabella. Um, I just think that the lyrics, the instrumental, and the solo guitar at the end is beauty. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's the equivalent to watching the sunset on a beach. Um, actually, no, I think it's the equivalent to, um, to being on a roller coaster ride and then having the big drop, but like all the way at the end. That's what I think it is. So yeah. But before we get into that, let's get into the word of the day, which is, I don't know how to pronounce it. Smarmy. The word of the day is smarmy. It's an adjective. Um, what does it mean? I'll tell you right now. Behaving in a way that seems polite, kind, or pleasing, but it but is not genuine or believable. Smarmy. That's, you know, I, I look up these words and they just sound like words that a toddler has made up on their own and just made a definition for it like if anyone was was to ask me prior to knowing the definition of this word or even this word being a word if anyone was to ask me what this word means I would just say that's not even a word you're just fucking making up shit stop speaking gibberish talk English right but smarmy Behaving in a way that seems polite, kind, or pleasing, but is not genuine or believable. So kind of like like lying in a way or being like a fake-ass bitch. Um, being kind and polite. I, I know there's something like, I don't want to say cynical. Maybe like condescending, sort of, like condescending. Here's an example um, before James Bond was portrayed by Sean Connery as suave and immovable, by George Lazenby as vulnerable and tragic, by Roger Moore as smarmy and loose. Um, they really could have put it in a simpler ass sentence, but okay. There's another word that says hoity-toity. That's interesting. I actually want to see the word smarmy in a, in a sentence where I understand it. Do you ever feel like you're just not smart? Like you, you need things to be explained to you in a very child-ish level. I feel like that's that's always been that way for me. Ever since I was little, I had a lot of trouble trying to understand stuff. 
And so I was just always fucking slow. <laughs> I'll admit it. I was always slow. Um, uh, and so, so like even now, if I'm in a class like politics or um, pre-calculus or, um, or like even like psychology, I need things to be broken down. Like, like speak to me like as if I'm in kindergarten, please. Like I will not take offense to it at all. I just, I don't understand all this big girl terminology, you know, like, I like just break it down, you know, like, cause I don't understand it. And then I don't want to go like searching up what does this word mean? And then what does this word mean? And then connect that shit all together. You know, like speak to me like as if I'm five years old, please. That helps. Anyway, um, the waiter's manners are always so smarmy. Smarmy. I mean, yeah, because waiters, you know, I'm pretty sure they work a lot. They work long hours. So they kind of have to pretend to be nice. That, that's a good, that's a good sentence. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, let's go to Arctic Monkeys because they're my favorite fucking band and it's my podcast and I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. And because it's also my podcast, I can curse whenever the fuck I want. Because <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this shit. Ah! Oh, she said it. Ah! Okay. <laughs> that was very funny. Okay. Um, if you want to pause and actually listen to the song before we break down the lyrics, I highly suggest it just so it can get you working because the song is magic and it's crack. Um, okay. Verse one. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Actually, you know, what? I'm just gonna read it and then I'm gonna say what I have to say. Arabella's got some interstellar gator skin boots. And a helter-skelter around her little finger, and I write it endlessly. She's got a Barbarella silver swimsuit. And when she needs to shelter from reality, she takes a dip in my daydreams. I mean, what the fuck? What did he just say? I don't know. What did he just say? I don't know. I don't know what he just said. But do you, do you hear how it sounds? Like, you know when people talk like a whole bunch of jibber-jabber, but like they do it for philosophical reasons, and you're just like, uh-huh, mm, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't understand what the hell you just said, but like it sounds so, like, sounds so philosophic, so I'm gonna go with it. And when I first heard that verse, I I had no clue what the hell he was saying. All I heard was, Like, Arabella, from Arabella to Endlessly, it was like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, I had no clue what the hell he was saying. Um... Here's the thing, though. Interstellar gator skin boots. You ever seen... Okay, it's basically like cowboy boots. 
I don't know why he didn't. I mean, for rhyming reasons, I understand why he didn't just say cowboy boots. But yeah, just regular cowboy boots. And a helter-skelter. I still don't know what the hell that means. But it says here, helter-skelter is an amusement park ride found mainly in Britain where the monkeys are from in which users slide down a spiral path built around a tower. But here's the thing, though. Helter Skelter. Oh, I see. It's like he's wrapped around her finger. I understand that the song is basically a love story. Like the guy is really into the girl and the girl is like doing her own thing. Um, But yeah, he's wrapped around her finger. Helter Skelter. Spiral path going down her finger. And I ride it endlessly. Oh, what the fuck? That just hit so fucking hard. I didn't under... See, that's the thing about... This is... This is exactly what I mean. Like, musicians, songwriters who create masterpieces like this. You know, sometimes if you're listening to it just to listen to it, you're not really grasping the full idea that's behind it. But when you actually read the lyrics and you actually dig deep into the meanings, it all connects together and it just makes the song 10 times more powerful because not only do you understand what they're saying, but it's also that you feel it. Like, okay, Any guy that's listening to this, I'm pretty sure you've been in a situation where you was really in love with a girl and like you would do anything for her. All she had to say was do it and you would do it. You were wrapped around her finger. Even like the other way around with girls and guys, you know, it's just it's it's the play on words. It's beautiful it's a masterpiece it's poetic we're not even we're only on the second line we like we're only on the second line we haven't finished um but anyway I just got that and that was I'm actually glad glad that I recorded me piecing those two things together because now I can listen back to it and be like yep that was the moment where you realize he meant that and it all connected and yeah that's a memory for the books. Anyway, so we already know what the song is about. We know that this song is about a guy who likes a girl and he's he's her puppet, basically. Um, but that was, see, that was beautiful. I, I can't, I really can't get over how beautiful that was, but I'm gonna move on. Um, she's got a Barbarella silver swimsuit. Okay. I've never heard of Barbarella. It sounds like Barbie. So I'm guessing it looks like a Barbie swimsuit. But now that I'm looking at a picture, it is a 1968 film starring Jane Fonda. And let me tell you, she looks gorge. Um, She's got a Barbarella silver swimsuit. And when she needs to shelter from reality, she takes a dip in my daydreams. I kind of took this as if, you know, he thinks about her a lot in the swimsuit. So maybe he's kind of horny. You never know with Arctic monkeys. It's always a mystery. But it says when Alex's star-spangled vixen needs to escape from the clutches of life and Turner doesn't get to see her, Turner being... um being the lead singer, I believe. 
doesn't get to see her, she ends up being the subject of his dreams, of his dreams. It's a bit of a cop-out, but an alternative explanation is that Alex is Arabella's provider for drugs and legal highs. When she needs to release the pressure of her life, she goes to him for substances to make her relax and unwind. I don't want to see it like that. Like, I can understand how it could be that way, but I don't want to see it that way. I want to see it like a love story. We all want to see it like a love story. Anyway, on to the chorus. It gets to that first. Da-dun. My days and best when the sunset gets itself behind. That little lady sitting on the passenger side. And this was, okay, so for the chorus, the chorus, I always understood the lyrics because it was very clear what they were talking about. This right here painted a beautiful picture in my head. My days end best when the sunset, its sunset, gets itself behind. That little lady sitting on the passenger side, they're in the car. She's in the passenger side. He's looking at her. He's admiring her. He's noticing the sunlight is going down, but it's behind her. So all those orange, yellow, even pink tones are are flashing against the back of her head. And it's like she's she's the center of it. You know, it's like it's it's providing um it's highlighting her it's it's showing her as as the center the a goddess basically and he's noting that down you know when you look at someone or when you look at something and you remember exactly how it looked like you look at you look at your girlfriend or boyfriend or sister or father or mother or whatever at an exact moment and you kind of take a mental image of it and you're like, yeah, I saw my mother's um, silky black hair, silky black long hair um, while we were at Dunkin' Donuts and behind her was the crate of chocolate-covered donuts and I remember her... Uh, raising her sunglasses to the top of her head. It's like taking little moments like that, like little minuscule moments that you would think don't matter. You take that and you make it into something and you create a beautiful masterpiece just from that one moment. It's crazy. It's fucking mind-blowing. And another thing that's fucking mind-blowing is how fucking hot it is in here. I'm going to turn off my heater because it's actually, like, really hot. Um, and I'm not a big fan of the heat. Sorry if that was loud, by the way. Sorry if you actually heard the heater in the background. It's kind of loud. I'm not going to lie. But, um, where were we? Yeah, taking a moment and making it into something. I think that's so beyond beautiful. I love it. I love it. Anyway, it's much less picturesque without her catching the light. The horizon tries, but it's just not as kind on the eyes. And then it goes, dun 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 as Arabella. So it's much less picturesque. Um, you know how when you take a picture of someone, you usually have them in front of the light. 
so that way you can see everything you can see all the details their eye color their eyebrows their nose lips um collarbone whatever you want to call it but when the sunset is behind you you're not you're not fully lit it's kind of like you're the shadow and the light is behind you sort of you've ever seen you ever looked at a tree and there like the sunset is setting behind it it's the the tree isn't necessarily bright unless if you're on the side of the sun but if you're on the opposite side usually the tree is dark it's like someone took black paint and painted a tree over the sunset it's less picturesque it's not your typical like beautiful bright fancy picture it's like art it's kind of like abstract art um the horizon tries, but it's just not as kind on the eyes. I think... The horizon tries, but it's just not as kind on the eyes. I think what he's trying to say is that the horizon is trying to kind of make itself the, the main character in the picture. But it's just not as kind on the eyes. He's focused on the girl. You know? Like, the horizon is definitely a, a leading factor in the, in the picture. But it's not the main person. You know? She's the main person. Did you just hear my heater turn off? It's like the heater was making so much fucking noise and now I feel like I'm loud. I feel like I have to like talk like this now. Like, so that no one can hear me cursing a storm in my room. <laughs> yeah. The Horizon is trying to be the main character, but you're just not. Sorry, honey. Just might have tapped into your mind and soul. You can't be sure in my paper for music class I was I was writing about the uncertainty of whether what he's talking about is real or not and whether or not it actually spoke to your soul or not but now I'm kind of thinking of it in a way where um uh the lead singer or this this love story between these two people in the song, I'm kind of thinking of it as them having a more mindful and soulful connection. Like it's not surface level. It's not, I have a crush on you, I like you, you like me, let's go on a date. It's more so like I connect with you on a higher level and I connect with your mind and I connect with your soul and... um yeah but I also still stand by what I believed 
just might have tapped into your mind and soul. I think I think it's also because of what I was talking about, how songs like this really speak to your soul. It really speaks to your brain and it really speaks to your emotions. So I I was thinking that that's what he was addressing, that everything that he was just talking about, he knew that it was going to speak to you on a different level than other songs do. And so he's saying, hey, I, I might have just tapped into your mind and soul, but uh, you can't be sure because, you know, you never really know. Maybe I'm saying this, this stuff just to say, or maybe I'm saying it to actually tap into your mind and soul. It's very, like, there's various different definitions to the song, um, but that's what we love about it. Um, I was going to continue, but I just noticed that we spent half an hour talking about it. If you guys ever want me to, or I'm saying you guys, like, anyone's fucking listening. Uh, <laughs> did I just say that? I think I said that. Uh, all right um but yeah if you guys ever want me to like break down meanings to songs I'm definitely down for it it's just I don't think anyone is like interested but fuck that I'm gonna do it because I want to um I was deciding whether we should talk about mental health or get into reddit questions I actually want to get into mental health and then we could get into Reddit questions. Okay. Let's shift. I was watching uh, acting scenes um, because I, I really love acting and I really love movies. And it was also like a filler type of moment. I was eating dinner and I was like, I want to watch something, but I don't want to watch like these regular YouTube videos. Like I want to watch movie scenes, but like specific movie scenes. So I looked up couples fighting scenes and I, I saw a couple. I, I watched the one. Ooh, my battery is low. See, that's what I do when I'm home alone. The whole my battery is low. That's what I do. Anywho, I'm going to put you on this box. And then I'm going to um plug in my charger. Anyway, if I can try to get this thought out while doing this task. I was, yeah, so I, I watched I watched a scene from La La Land. The, the, the argument at dinner scene. And then I also watched another scene from one of my favorite movies, um, Silver Linings Playbook. And it was, I mean, that movie's just fucking amazing. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing work of art. And if you've never watched it, please do. I, I believe it's on Netflix. Um, but it basically is about this guy who, um, who has a uh, bipolar disorder I believe that's what it is and he's just getting through life he's come back home from uh the um from uh from the hospital um or the treatment facility and you know he's um he's just dealing with life he's trying to get his wife back but he has this delusion that she's gonna get back with him and 
they're going to be married again, but he still has triggers of his own and trauma of his own. He, he meets this girl um, and she's basically like not the same. I believe she's more so borderline personality d- disorder, but I'm not too sure. Anyway, they meet, they become friends, they fall in love. Boom. Um, so yeah, so it brought me into this rabbit hole of mental illness and watching videos about mental illness and understanding it. And I actually watched a, um, I watched, what was the first thing I watched? (sighs) I'm getting tired. Wow. Oh yeah. It's 1144. (laughs) Oh my God. Double angel numbers. Love that. I don't remember the first video I was watching. I believe this this was it, but it was a video about like having a conversation with a sociopath. And basically, it was it was interesting to watch. It was I be, I'm not too sure what exactly sociopaths are. I believe they are people that that um that use manipulation a lot and they don't have a lot of feelings towards other people um but it was weird not weird but it was you see like I'm trying to find words that that portray what I'm what I'm trying to say but I just end up saying the wrong words um it was kind of outstanding how how aware this person was it it was a man he was very aware of his condition and he was telling the interviewer his symptoms and certain things that would bother him and it would literally be if someone is sad he would get very annoyed or if someone was very happy and they would jump and they would clap he would get very annoyed because to him it was like why do you need to clap why do you need to jump like it's not helping you in any way what's the point of it type of thing and how he would lie to his teachers and he would manipulate people into um uh for for himself to benefit in the situation and he talked a lot about that he talked about how he stopped using manipulation so much it was the last time that he manipulated someone was a year ago. But then again, we don't know for sure. Um, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a guessing game with sociopaths, I think. But I mean, according to that video. But um, that he would lie and he would use manipulation and. the main reason for it was so that he could benefit in any way, something that he could get from it that will, um, that will help him. Um, and that's kind of why he stopped. Well, not, not why, but he stopped manipulating so much just by limiting his interactions with people. He started to become like introverted and um, he would just stay away from certain people. If he knew that they were vulnerable, he would use it to his advantage. And so in order to combat that, he just stays away from certain people that he knows um, is easily manipulated. And that was actually 
interesting to me because you would think that a manipulator um would would want that like they would um crave that manipulation over people that control over people so that way you get everything that you want and um yeah it was it was crazy how self-aware he was and even the interviewer was was asking like have you ever like have you tried manipulating me and the guy just straight up I, I I think he said no but he did say that in order like if you're dealing with a sociopath you have to kind of just like watch your back and you know observe their energy sociopaths observe energy a lot they observe you and your movements and they observe your weak points so what you have to do is observe them and their behavior and um yeah I didn't watch too much of it um because there were other videos that I wanted to watch which I'm gonna get to but that was very interesting it was very very interesting um the second video that I watched was um an interview it was I it was the same interviewer he was interviewing a schizophrenic woman um I'm pretty sure like no one outside of my very very close circle knows this but my mother and grandfather actually are schizophrenic um if you do not know what schizophrenia is um basically it is a chemical imbalance in your brain it's um it creates hallucinations, both auditory and visually, and um, delusions, um, false beliefs that you start to believe in your head. And um, it creates like a different sort of reality for you if you are schizophrenic compared to, I guess, normal reality for other people um, or for the common uh for the common people <sighs> excuse me um so yeah i've always i mean my mother told me that she's had schizophrenia ever since she was a little girl um but i didn't start noticing it until i was about 10 or 11 now that i look back on it i mean when I was little, she did have certain behaviors. I never really saw her speaking to herself. I see that more so now. But when I was little, there were certain behaviors like she would sit by herself just for for a while. She would be at the computer just not really, not necessarily doing any work, just kind of like browsing, kind of just doing her own thing. And she would... um she she was very quiet like I just you know I never really noticed it because I had my little sister and we would always play but yeah she was always quiet she was always to herself and she would think a lot she would think a lot um and um yeah I I, I don't know if she ever told her mom about it when she was younger or her dad when she was younger but it, it, it's definitely known now but anyway um so yeah I I see and hear my mom you know speaking to herself at times sometimes she laughs to herself and it's not anything that's scary 
um, it was a little confusing and alarming when I first started seeing it. Um, but at the same time, I was sort of in a phase where a lot was happening and I was just kind of like dancing along with it I guess you know when you go through a phase in life that there's a lot of things happening but you're just kind of like la 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 you know like you're just like doing your own thing you're paying attention but not really paying attention you're you're there but but you're not you're not really there you know um I sort of blocked it off during that time um which I'm sure we'll get to um as the episodes go on but yeah so you know um now I'm very much used to it now I'm actually able to say the word schizophrenia without getting an eerie feeling um I understand it more um and I've learned about it a lot over the years especially in high school high school especially the psychology class that I took with Miss Prager um it was it was alleviating how how much and relieving how much information I gained because it actually allowed me to understand it and I felt more comfortable talking about it um but yes yeah, so I always observed my mother in her in her um in her state um and it it doesn't get any anything beyond what I said, you know, she would just talk to herself, laugh to herself, repeat certain things. Sometimes she wouldn't say anything at all or she would just um she would move kind of slowly and um just basically very anxious and um not the type of person to want to like go outside and um, speak to many people. She was, you know, she's always very like to herself. A lot of schizophrenics, uh, schizophrenics are very introverted. They're not, and they're not the type to do any harm. If anything, they're more so the victim of abuse than the abusers. And that's something that I heard in this video with this lady. Her name was Cecilia. And, um, she said, you know, the certain hallucinations that she would see. And um, you could tell she was like, she, she was um, like very little introverted. She was very articulate with her words. And that was so amazing to see because when you think of people with mental illnesses, you kind of um, expect them to act a certain way, right? You think that, Okay, so if this one has anger issues, then that means anything I say, they, they'll just get automatically angry. But that's not always necessarily the case. Or with someone with schizophrenia, you might think, okay, they're going to be whispering to themselves the whole entire time that I'm talking to them. But that wasn't the case. Like with my mother, that's not always the case. And with Cecilia in the video, that wasn't the case at all. She wasn't, she wasn't speaking to herself at all. She was, she was you know, like not looking at the person fully. She, she wasn't looking at the interviewer at all, actually. But she was very articulate. It was, I felt kind of happy, like seeing that and hearing what she said because we know now that mental illness is not so stigmatized and 
we're actually able to speak on it without feeling like a burden or like a crazy person. But, um, whatchamacallit, um, she was saying how she sees a lot of like paranormal stuff, like, like a lot of like what you see in the scary movies type of things. She also said that she sees a lot of spiders and that, you know, um, yeah, that, that she sees spiders and that's where she has difficulty drawing the line between reality and what's in her head. And so she said that she would see little spiders and, you know, obviously spiders are real. You can see a little spider, but then there would also be these big, uh, like grand, like grandiose spiders that were like, um, that would literally move and you hear, she said that she would hear children laughing and so she would know that's not real. Um, but she was, she was so good with the questions, man. It was, it was, it was refreshing. It was so refreshing and I'm going to link the video, her video, um, both videos actually, um, because it was just, it was, it was amazing to watch the interviewer even asked her, you know, um, have you had any hallucinations during this interview? And she was so good. She said, um, she said that she doesn't feel comfortable answering that question. But what she will say is that she doesn't answer that question in general, not just in this interview, but in general, because when she does, the next question that people tend to follow up is, is like, where, where's the hallucination? And then they would look and then it would, um, it would kind of mix reality with the hallucination and that would affect her psyche. And, you know, I never thought of it that way. I never actually, I don't think I've ever asked my mom if she ever had a hallucination while I was with her. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever have. And I, I don't think I ever will because of that. Now that I know a reason, like a very good solid reason, um, like especially hearing it from another, uh, I was going to say psychic, from another uh, schizophrenic. Now I know for sure not to ask that question. But also that I always felt like if I was to ever acknowledge the hallucinations while I'm with her, that it would treat her worse while I'm not there. And I didn't want that to happen. Um, because I know a lot of these things can be very traumatic and they could weigh on you and... Um, whatchamacallit, that, um, damn, what was I gonna say? I lose track, uh, I felt like I had a good point that, um, you guys are probably just, like, repeating the last thing I said, like, you said this, you said this, and I'm just like, what, what did I say? Oh, I can't go back in time. It's okay. We'll move forward. Um, but yeah, just hearing her responses to everything and how clear they were and how, you know, um, she would even say that she would have certain friends um, 
that would just be like, hey, I can't be friends with you because I don't know what's going on in your mind. And it was interesting because she pointed out that when you're having a conversation with someone, you don't necessarily always know what's in their mind, you know? It was kind of like an excuse to get out of being friends with a schizophrenic. I mean, listen, if you're freaked out by it, it's fine, you know? Like, just be honest, you know? And that was another thing that she emphasized was honesty and being genuine, you know, especially when approaching her or um being her friend she likes honest people genuine people and excuse me holy moly um that was not an offense to the mental illness slash health community that was just me being an asshole not on purpose though um damn Oh my gosh, I hate it when I have interruptions because then I don't remember what the hell I was saying before. Um, Honest, genuine. Yeah, she said that she likes honest and genuine people. And um, right, if, if you're freaked out by certain mental illnesses, that's okay. I feel like the the only way to get over that is to educate yourself on it. Because when I when I first started when my mother was telling me about her schizophrenia and you know that obviously freaked me out because I was younger and I had no clue what that was and I wasn't experiencing it no one else in my family was experiencing it other than my mother and her father but I never I didn't really grow up with my mother's father so um yeah So I thought, you know, like, that's strange and I would get worried that I would get it and what would it be like and, like, how does she function? But, you know, taking that psychology course really helped. And we even watched, um, we watched A Beautiful Mind. That actually brought me to tears because it reminded me a lot of my mother. Um, But it also gave hope, like, you know, just because you have a mental illness does not mean that it's going to hold you back from accomplishing things, you know? Like, you can still be who you want to be and, you know, cope with what you have, you know? Your condition, whatever is part of your DNA, that's a part of your identity. That's a part of who you are and it's okay to... Um, embrace that and to acknowledge it and share it with people the more you share the better because there's I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people a lot of people that are schizophrenic but are just too scared to open up about it because they don't want they don't want to be stigmatized and they don't want to be made fun of and that itself that is a human reaction as a human fucking reaction okay and you know what yeah. Um but yeah. I I feel like educating yourself is the best way to to get over any sort of stigma. You know? Um at least for me, I feel like whenever I whenever I apply logic to something that helps me understand it. Um So yeah. It's it's crazy. Because my sister, my older sister and I, my older sister, my little sister and I were having a conversation in the car one day about like mental illnesses and how, 
you know, um, my older sister was like a little afraid to tell people about like a certain mental illness or whatever. And I just told her, like, fuck it. Like, everyone's fucking crazy, okay? Like, let's just acknowledge that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being who you are. You know, every single human being on earth has a percentage of craziness. I look at it as something comical, you know? Like, obviously, you need to take it seriously. You know, take your meds, go to therapy, do this, do that. But you got to look at, you can't take life so seriously. You can't take it so seriously because then you're not living. If you're schizophrenic, oh my gosh, yes, it is. I'm pretty sure it is something that you have to battle with each and every single day. But you got to look at it. You got to look at the silver linings. Aha, see what I did there? You got to look at the positives. You got to look at yourself like, I'm not like anyone else. But that's a good thing. I could write a book about my experiences. I could make a movie. I I could create a podcast. I could talk about the things that I go through. Yes, I'm I may have bipolar disorder, but I can I could talk about these things with people. I can share it. I could become a motivational speaker and I could motivate people to do better, to cope with what they have, um, you know, and just apply it. And if you think about it, the most successful people sometimes they're a little wacky. There's nothing wrong with being wacky, people. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay? It's a part of who you are and and, you know, sometimes you just got to take that stick out from up your ass and just accept that life is life. And, you know, everyone has their own shit going on. They might not express it to you. They may they might have it deep down inside, but everyone has their own shit. And it's okay to share it. It's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to acknowledge. Okay? Anyway, that was my rant. Let's get into a few Reddit questions and wrap this shit up. Alright, so now let's get into some Reddit questions. Because I freaking love Reddit. I love it, love it, love it. Anyway. Let's see what's going See, I'm going to listen to that back and um, it's going to sound really regular. Okay. Question. What the heck? Okay. Let us read. This looks like a juicy, wow, a lot of paragraphs. I'm excited. Okay, (laughs) I'm actually really fucking excited. Okay, all right. I'm not going to react. I'm just going to read. My sister's now former bridesmaid stepped down because she feels the wedding will be supporting the devil. This is in air quotes. Yes, I'm serious. Sorry about how long this ended up being. My little sister, 29, I'll call her Morgan for this, is getting married in April. We're all very excited. Her fiancé is a great guy, and the two of them are really good at throwing banging parties together, so I know the wedding itself is going to be a ball. 
the issue is one of my sister's good friends up till now and bridesmaids again up till now. I'll call her Brittany, also 29. Morgan and Brittany were roommates in college and have been good friends ever since. Brittany also became close with the rest of our family after she graduated while looking for a job in the city. Brittany needed a place to stay, so our mom let her live with her for a while. Even after she got her own place and moved out, Brittany would come visit our mom. My point is that this girl was a very good and close friend, not just to my sister, but to our whole family for many years. An important detail here, Brittany is religious, Southern Baptist to be specific. From what my sister has told me in college, she was sort of your classic small town Christian girl who has new experiences and broadens her horizons in college type. She started out very straight-laced, but as she spent time with Morgan and the rest of her friends, who have always been very bohemian and secular, she became more open to other points of view and less outwardly evangelical. If that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. I get that. (laughs) But apparently after college, she sort of started to revert back to her old viewpoint and started becoming more conservative again. Our family has never been religious. Our mom raised us as agnostic basically and encourage us to questions things question things agnostic hold on i actually want to look up what that means because i'm not too sure agnostic a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of existence of or nature of god or of anything beyond material phenomena a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in god okay excuse me so okay so they're like neutral sort of um accept all religions and follow our own paths morgan is what i'd call spiritual not religious and actually leans more pagan than anything else she's into spirits of nature and things like that their differences in belief didn't hamper morgan and Brittany's friendship though up until now sorry i just had to scratch my armpit (laughs) oh please guys don't act like you don't do it either I know you guys scratch your armpits. I, I said I, was, I wasn't going to comment, but here I am commenting. I'm sorry, this is just really fucking long. Um, um, Brittany was one of the first people that Morgan asked to be her bridesmaid. Brittany accepted at first. When Morgan gave out the bridesmaid gifts to Brittany and the other girls she'd chosen, Brittany accepted it. But then about a week ago, Mor- she called Morgan and told her that she would no longer be able to be in the wedding party. The reason she gave us was literally that she believed Morgan's wedding would be blasphemous and supporting the devil. She'd found out that Morgan had chosen a Wiccan priestess to officiate the wedding, and apparently that was the last straw for her. Now it would be one thing if she'd said that due to her religious convictions. She didn't feel comfortable participating in a ceremony of a different faith, but she actually used the words like evil, satanic, and sinful to describe my sister, her fiancé, and their wedding. It was like she expected them to be sacrificing a baby to ball in the middle of the ceremony. Wiccan priestess. Hold on. Um, Now I have to search that up too because I don't know what that means. Wiccan priestess. What is that? Um... Gardnerian Wiccans designate a high priestess as the leader of a coven and the chief celebrant of all rites. Uh, I don't know know what that means. 
if it harm none, do what you will. Wiccans believe in meditation and participate in rituals throughout the year, celebrating the new moon, the new and full moon, as well as the vernal equinox, summer solstice, Halloween, which they call Samhain. Um, okay, I'm not too sure, but I kind of have an idea. Um, but basically it doesn't align with her religion, so she doesn't like it. Morgan was pretty blindsided by this, especially as it came a couple of months after she first asked Brittany to be in the wedding party. It's not like Brittany didn't know what Morgan's spirituality was. They'd often talked about it before, and though they disagreed, Brittany had always been respectful up until now. Um, Morgan was officially... I'm just gonna skim. Um, disappointed. Uh, Okay. So that you know she can be a part of the blasphemous wedding. She could still be a guest. The wedding, which is some hilarious audacity, in my opinion, Morgan shut that down pretty quick, of course, and told her that told her that there was no way that she was still invited after all the Okay. Um, okay, so basically Brittany said that she'll she'll oh my gosh, I can't speak. She is okay with being a guest. She just doesn't want to be part of the wedding like a bridesmaid because she thinks it's satanic and blasphemous in her religion. So, but Morgan said no because she's being a bitch. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So finally, my question. Brittany works in the same field as me. I see her very occasionally through work. I just found out that she's going to be attending a Christmas party that I'll also be at. I'm extremely tempted to say something to her about how she treated my sister. Like part of me wants to tell her how disappointed our whole family is in how she handled this. While the snarky part of me wants to say something like, oh, we'll miss you during the ritual moonlight orgy. Oh, oh that's funny. I'm probably going to have to say something to her as I doubt I can avoid her for the entire party. So what should I do? Girl, you don't got to say shit to her. First of all, that was very long. I mean, I appreciate the length. If I was in my bed not having to record a podcast, I would definitely read this whole thing word for word. But, I mean, come on. Like, they've been friends since college. And you should know, okay, she doesn't have the same religious beliefs as me. I get that. But there will come a time, you know, if you're that close to someone and she's having a wedding, obviously she's going to invite you and obviously it's not going to go according to your religion. You know, like, like what if it was like, would it be different if it was like a different religion or maybe if it was a religion because Morgan doesn't really celebrate a certain religion. She's more spiritual. So would it be different if a person was Jewish like if you was to attend a Jewish wedding would you call it satanic and evil or if you was to attend a Buddhist wedding you know like would you call it the same words like I feel like the the words that she used shouldn't have been that I feel like if anything she should have just left it as um I don't necessarily agree with 
your way, your beliefs. So I don't really want to play a huge role. I feel like it's not respectable for me to play a huge role I because we have different beliefs. I mean, even that, like... I'm I'm Catholic, but I'm more spiritual than religious. Like, I don't attend church every Sunday. I haven't gone to confession in a while. But I do pray to God, and I believe that there is a God. But I also believe that there's, like, um, like other things. Like, I, I believe in goddesses as well. I believe in, you know, other things. I believe in science. I, I also believe in, you know, um, spirituality like spiritualness and you know like stuff like that I don't only believe in what Catholics believe but if someone was to invite me into like a Christian wedding or a Hindu wedding I would not and if I was close to them I would not decline that you know I'm not going to decline myself that that luxury and that experience just because my beliefs don't align with theirs now if I was like like really solid Catholic and really strict with it. I mean, I know there's a, there's that the first commandment is do not worship false gods. I understand that. So yeah, maybe not take such an important role in the wedding. Maybe just be a guest, but just say that. Don't call it satanic and evil and shit like that. You know, like that's fucked up. Like you're talking about someone's wedding. What if, what if the tables were turned and she was to tell you, I don't want to attend your wedding because it's evil. Like what? That's fucked up, you know? Um, so yeah, like don't don't be a bitch just because someone's beliefs don't align with yours. Not every single person's beliefs is gonna align with yours. That's why the word beliefs is in the dictionary. We're because we're able to have different perspectives on them. Um Yeah, number one, I think she should have handled it differently. Use kinder words. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it, you know? But in this case, it, it's both. It's what you said and how you said it. Um, so, uh, yeah, Brittany was a bitch. Um, no pun intended. And, um, but I don't think you necessarily have to say anything to her. You know, like, if it's a party, I'm sure there's going to be other people there. Just talk to other people. Just treat her like a fly on the wall. And if you feel like you can't do that, just keep it very minimum. Like, very minimal, I meant to say. The conversation. Just, you know, if you absolutely have to talk to her, then just be like, Hi, how are you? Awesome, great, goodbye. You know, like, keep it so simple that she doesn't even get the chance to talk to you or to mention the wedding or you don't even allow yourself to talk about the wedding. Like, you know, you don't want to start problems, especially at another person's party. You know, like, don't, don't do that. Um, If you feel like you have to address what happened to her, like, either pull her to the side or after the party or even, like, maybe before the party just not in the party setting, um, or even text her or call her. Um, but I say, you know, like, honestly, it's her loss. She lost a a second family that was, you know, you guys that provided her with a home and food and love and care. She lost that. She lost a friend. She's losing out on what I'm guessing is going to be a kick-ass wedding. And yeah, that's just it you know, um, so yeah, that's just that, 
that's my opinion. Okay, let's read this one. I'm 18, a female. I have nowhere to sleep tonight. I'm so sorry for that. I became homeless about three days ago. I've been staying over my boyfriend's place, but he said I can no longer how he can no longer house me. I'm currently at work and I have no idea where I'm going to go when my shift is over. What should I do? Where should I sleep? Please help. Okay. Um Okay. Uh I've never really been in this situation, but I'd say for now book a hotel. Okay? Use some of that money from whatever paycheck you got, book a book a hotel or a motel for the night. That way you have a place to sleep. And then um I mean, I don't want to say that your boyfriend's a jerk, but I mean, I don't like. I feel like if I was to go to my boyfriend and I was homeless, he would never say, "Okay, you have to leave now," because I don't want you here. You know, if he knows that you're homeless, I feel like that's kind of like a dick move. Like he should at least let you stay until you get back on your feet. Um, but you know, some people are different. If you have any type of family that you can go to seek out you know them that way you have a place to stay and you don't have to pay rent um unless if they ask you to um or try to find a shelter um nearby but I know some shelters can be really dirty and you can't trust the people in there believe me I've slept in one before um it's not the best um but hmm I'm trying to think for now, just book a motel. Book a motel for yourself. Regroup in the morning. And if you can't find any family, try to see if like a coworker can help you out. Or even if you have a car, just just play out the car for a few days. Um, wishing you all the best luck in your journey. And I hope that you will not be homeless any longer. Um, okay. Oh. Okay. Let's do this one. Um, I'm going to do this one and then I'm going to end the podcast because I'm getting tired and I feel like we covered a good amount of information today. My sister keeps leaving her kids every night. For the past two weeks now, my sister, early 30s, who lives with us, has been leaving her two babies, a three-month-old and a two-year-old, with us at night. She sneaks out and she doesn't tell us anything. Then she comes home in the late hours, 1 to 3 a.m. She never explains anything. I, 20, am a full-time student doing finals and I also work. My dad, who is over 70, works full-time. Oh, my God. God bless him. Over 70 and working full-time. Holy shit. And my mom is in her 60s. 
I've wondered if I'm overreacting, if I'm the problem for having a problem with this. I'm not sure if I'm going crazy or if there's something really wrong here. We've had to stay up multiple nights to take care of the youngest baby. She ignores our phone calls and when I text her, she doesn't acknowledge she has done anything wrong. So she isn't working at the moment. No, she isn't working at the moment. She doesn't have a car. She gets rides from her partner, father of her children. She never tells us anything, and when I texted her last night to come back home, her response was, I'll be gone for a few hours, and I and I just got here, dang. I'm not sure where she was. She's done this before in the past. Some months ago, she said she would be gone for the afternoon and was gone for a week. Oh my gosh. No messages, no phone calls. She ignored us for a whole week and never explained anything to us. Her two-year-old was in our care. I would ask, but my sister can be very confrontational. I'm already going through my own stresses and mental battles, and I can't handle a huge blowout from her. I'm not sure what to do. Am I the bad guy here for seeing this as a problem? Please help me with this. No, you are not the fucking bad guy. What the hell is your sister doing? Listen, I understand, like... like motherhood can be hard I'm not a mother but like from what I've seen with my older sister motherhood can be hard it could be difficult and sometimes you want to get out let loose but don't fucking tell your family you're going to be gone for an afternoon but then really be gone for a whole week that's fucked up and especially like your dad he's 70 years old working full-time you're a student full-time mother in her 60s your parents are tired like your parents are tired they probably don't even really I mean they are their grandchildren but they probably don't want babies a three-month-old baby and a two-year-old baby in their house 24-7 you know you know how much stress that could be waking up in the middle of the night to tend to the baby care for the baby honestly your sister is you know I think before shit gets serious, you guys need to have some type of intervention with her. Sit her down, catch her in a moment and just be like, hey, come to the living room. We, we got to talk to you real quick and just talk to her. Just be like, hey, if you're going through some shit, you got to let us know because we will help you. But if you're not going through anything serious and you're just leaving us with your kids just so you can go out and party or get drunk or whatever then either you pick up your your shit either you get your shit together or we're gonna claim legal guardianship of these children because what the hell like that's messed up you know you might as well you might as fucking well claim legal guardianship and bring this to fucking court because if she's not doing her job as a mother then she shouldn't be a mother, you know? Um, so yeah, talk, talk to your family about this. Just be like, Hey, let's sit her down. Let's have a conversation with her. Maybe, maybe she'll, she'll open up about something. Maybe it's deeper than what we think, but if she refuses and it keeps happening, I say, warn her again, be like, if you don't get your shit together, we're taking this to the court or, um, or, um, whatchamacallit, if she does tell you that something's wrong, work with her, you know, try to like, like give her counsel and um, advice on whatever the hell is going on and help her out. Um, So yeah, that's what I would do. But anyways, um, wishing you much luck, wishing everyone that I read about 
their stories and everything that I talked about. Wishing everybody luck and happiness and stability and love. And I already said happiness, safety, and I said positivity. I'm tired. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I highly appreciate it. Please follow me on all my social media. It should be in the description. If you have any questions, please email me. That is in the description as well. And I will also put links to the videos concerning mental health or um, not concerning, um, talking about mental health and disorders and all that cool stuff. Um, so yeah, I will, you guys will hear me in, oh my gosh, it is actually 1234, 1234, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Later, bitches. Bye. <laughs>